Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the show, a long-awaited show, we have Tracy Chow, the founder and CEO of Block Party, though she's done a lot of other pretty interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Tracy, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you. Are you ready to dive in? I guess so. (laughs) I guess so. I will take it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Bets Recruiting. That's right, Bets is back on the pod, baby. Don't get me wrong, I love a warm intro as much as the next person, but what I don't love is combing through LinkedIn for four hours and then texting someone I haven't talked to since 2011 to ask for an intro to some random at the company I wanna work for who they may or may not know. So if you're a high-performing professional looking for your next opportunity, but tired of sending resumes out into the void or waiting on your friend to finally submit that referral, it's time to become a Bets Connect community member. Thousands of tech startups are on their way to becoming the next unicorn, and they're looking for talented sales, marketing, and customer success professionals. Apply to join Bet's exclusive network, and if you're accepted, those tech startups will reach out to you. Apply now for your exclusive lifetime membership at betsrecruiting.com slash non-technical. Tracy Chow is an entrepreneur and software engineer known for her work advocating for diversity and inclusion in tech. She is currently the founder and CEO of Block Party, which builds tools for online safety and anti-harassment. She's also a co-founder of Project Include, a nonprofit working to create a tech ecosystem where everyone has a fair chance to succeed. In 2013, her Medium article, Where Are the Numbers?, helped jumpstart the practice of tech companies disclosing their diversity data. Tracy was an early engineer at Pinterest, Quora, and the U.S. Digital Service. Tracy Chow, welcome to Non-Technical. Thank you. Excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you. So as you obviously know, I reached out to you many, many moons ago, begging you to come on the show. And then it was recently that our mutual friend, Alexia Bonatzis, former guest of Non-Technical, made the intro. Yes. Alexia is awesome. Super glad to be here. Yes, she's the best. And it's not just because her name is similar to my name. I would say that helped though. Yes. When I I was looking at the emails, I was like trying to make sure I was emailing the right person and not misspelling any names. I totally understand. So Tracy, I know that you're in London right now. You're across the pond as it were. I'm super grateful for you taking the time. I want to start here. How did you spend your last day off? I actually can't quite remember, but I think it was something very boring. Tell me what that means to you. Very boring. Reading doing Peloton, and probably cooking. Those are great activities. Well, actually, let me ask you this. What were you reading? I can't remember, honestly. Okay, so maybe it was a boring book. (laughs) If you can't remember the book, I have to retract my previous statement. It sounds like it may have been boring. So actually, I think it's more that I read so much as sort of like stress relief that I can't keep track of what I'm Mm -hmm. reading. Sure. Last week, I was having some trouble sleeping. Part of that is getting old and not being able to sleep through the night anymore. Sure. I read seven books in seven days last week just because what I couldn't sleep. That is so many books. The BPD on that, the books per day is <laughs> out of control. So out of control. I was very tired, but I did read a lot of books. Oh no. Well, hopefully you were able to get a little bit of rest, but it sounds like you learned a lot in that time. I read a lot of fiction. Oh, that's even better. Well, I read a lot of fiction now to try to avoid thinking about our world. Oh yes. The real world. Very yeah. escapist. Yes. <laughs> Whenever I try to read nonfiction, I immediately get sad and 
have to switch to fiction so I can pretend I am not in this world. For sure. Do you have any other escapist indulgences like that? Do you watch any TV shows that sort of take you out of reality? Any movies? I'm not a big video type person, so still don't have a Netflix account. You don't have a Netflix account? Have you ever? I've always used other people's. Okay, so you have access to Netflix, but you're saying you don't pay for it. There's someone I went on four dates with five years ago whose account I still have access to, but I don't use it very much. So I feel oh my like God. It's, it's justifiable. Have you tried to log in recently though? What if they've kicked you off? Not recently, but the account is like friends. So I think it's a shared account. I for see. His wow. Friends. You really made an impression on four <laughs> dates to make it into the friends bucket on Netflix. <laughs> it's pretty great. He has not changed the password in a long time. No, good for you. <laughs> I think my closest to a Netflix is actually Peloton. And they have so many different theme rides. So they have like music themes and there's like a Just King experience, which is meant to simulate going to the nightclubs. Oh my God, fun. There's XOXO Cody where he like answers questions from the readers about their love lives. During the workout? Yes. It feels like TV shows. They're amazing. <laughs> I actually think that would be really motivating. I had a personal trainer once. I was very new to working out and I was really bad at it and really bad at having any kind of grit when it came to sticking with the workouts. And so my trainer was incredible. And what she would do is she realized very quickly that the way to keep me captivated was telling me about her dating life. And so I would be doing a plank or doing crunches or squats or something. And she'd be telling me about someone she matched with on a dating app and how they went out. And then while I'm working out, I'm like, okay, so then what happened? And like, are you going to go out with them again? And she'd be like, I am. Okay, six more. And it was so helpful. And get ready for this. She ended up marrying one of those guys she told me about. Wow. I know. Well, that's a success all around. Yes. And as you can tell, I'm fitness aficionado (laughs) to this day. (laughs) Um, But that really did help. So I might have to check out this XOXO Cody situation. Tracy, is there a fad that you look back on participating in that makes you now a little bit cringy? This could be something fashion-y, workout, cultural, anything like that. I don't think I was cool enough to do any of the fads. (laughs) Tell me what you mean by that. Because I also was not cool, but I did plenty of stuff that I look back on. I'm like, oh boy. I don't know. I feel like all the fashion trends, like I wasn't cool enough to try to get on those trends. So Really? Does that mean you've had the same style for a long time? I don't know if I would call it having a style. Even the absence of style is a style. That's very like norm core. Yes. There we go. Yes. No particular style. Do you subscribe to the uniform? Do you have a Silicon Valley uniform approach? I do not, but I currently have a lot of workout clothing. So this is Mm -hmm. big thanks to the pandemic and also back to Peloton, my favorite subject. Oh yeah. When you refer people to Peloton, you get like a hundred dollars credit for their apparel store. So smart. And I have referred 12 people. Oh my God. (laughs) So I have $1,200 worth of Peloton clothing now. That is incredible. Are you on their board now? They really should. Seriously? 12 referrals? Yes. I'm still going. I'm still talking about it to everybody that I meet. Yeah. This podcast. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, you're definitely a slide in their board deck. They're like, and once again, Tracy Chow, (laughs) our number one revenue stream. (laughs) That is so funny. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I also wear a lot of athleisure now. I just do a lot of yoga, so I don't really have the workout excuse. I wear a lot of yoga clothes. I mean, if it's comfy... And it's we're all so working from home. It's all good. From what you can see of me, you would never know. You're like, look yeah. at this girl's sweater. She has her life <laughs> fully buttoned up. <laughs> Little do you know. 
<laughs> Do you have a catchphrase or other words or phrases you say a lot that people have started to associate with you? Not that I know of, but I catch myself saying things that are very California. Ooh, did you grow up in California? I grew up in California. Okay. So I say awesome a lot, which I should probably awesome. not use nearly as okay. much. I don't know if you've seen those little charts that compare like what Americans say and what they mean versus like what British people say and what they mean. And Americans, especially Californians will say awesome for everything, even Uh if it's like not awesome. Yep. Brits will be like, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) What has the experience been like translating while you're there then? Do people think you're really excited and really stoked on everything all the time? They do call me out as American, which I actually feel very proud of. Oh, this is maybe like less of a frivolous topic, but in America as an Asian American, I often don't feel that American. Sure. But here in the UK, they always refer to me as the American. Like if oh. I'm in a coffee shop, they just serve me as like, oh, the American person, the American ordered. So yes, that wow. is me. I am the American. What an interesting <laughs> experience. Yeah. Dare I say that's awesome. <laughs> it, is, it is awesome. <laughs> it's also fine. And that's that's fine. Do you have any other Valley Girl slang in your lexicon that you'd lean on? I can't think of any right now, but I'm sure in the course of this conversation, you will hear it come out. Oh, I hope so. You know what I've started saying? I think this came from a former manager of mine who's now a good friend of mine, Bremner Morris, who also has been on non-technical, another friend of non-technical. I think that's where I got Epic from. But now I say Epic more than any person who doesn't really do that many Epic (laughs) things should say Epic. Like, I think Epic should be reserved for like looking out at Yosemite. Like that's Epic, you know? And I'm like, oh, sweet. We got the reservation. Epic. Yeah, I don't know if finding an open spot on Resi really deserves the same (laughs) terminology as basking in the glory of nature's beauty, but that's where I'm at for some reason. It's modern society epic. Yeah, it's epic. It's awesome. You know, why not? I guess keeping things positive. Might as well. The rest of the world seems a little sad. So, yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is my escapism. You read, I just say things the way that I wish they were. Here for it. So Tracy, has a piece of art, something maybe musical or a book or fine art ever changed your life? I don't think I'm so cultured to say that there's anything in the realm of fine art, but when the movie Crazy Rich Asians came out, I was completely obsessed with it. So (gasps) that counts as art. Of course that counts as art. So tell me, did you see it a bunch of times? Did you listen to the soundtrack? What did that look like for you? I watched it in theaters six times. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So you're definitely on a slide in the recap of that movie too. Once again, number one revenue driver, Tracy Chow. Yeah. Listen to the soundtrack, obviously. Hosted a birthday party themed Crazy Rich Asians. Oh my gosh. For you or for a friend? For me and a friend. I love my birthday party. Oh, Oh, that's even better. It was amazing. Came in costume. I mean, the fashion in that movie was unbelievable. It was amazing. It was awesome. (laughs) That is so fun. Yes. So I was very obsessed with that movie for a good year. I'm very sad that they don't seem to be making any progress on the second and third movies, but I know the books, it was a trilogy, right? There were three. Have you read the books? I have read them all twice. So yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like everybody in those movies has gone on to do lots of other amazing things. So maybe they don't need crazy rotations anymore. They're all off doing other big movies. 
and being famous. So that's all good. Yeah, it's like good for them. It it seemed like that did certainly, I don't want to say kickstart because a lot of them did have really solid careers running before that, but it did seem like it gave them each a nice pop. Oh, absolutely. There were so many great people in that movie. Oh my God. I was so in love with the main actor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm now following him on Instagram and I get to see his like cute baby that he now has. Ugh, Tracy, let me live in the fantasy, (laughs) please. God, cute baby. Not part of what I'm interested in about his life. Sorry about that. It's very cute though. I'm sure it's cute. Obviously, have you seen what he looks like? Please. I'm sure all the offspring... I'm sure it's a lovely family. I'm very happy for him. <laughs> okay, so you said you were obsessed with it for about a year. Did something replace it or did it just sort of fade away? Or did it have an impact on you such that you don't need to watch it as many times anymore? I feel like I should probably re-up and go back and rewatch it again. It sounds like it. Nothing else has quite replaced it. Now that we're speaking about this, I will go listen to the soundtrack and we record this. Maybe I'll go watch the movie again. I mean, that sounds like a great day. And that sounds like a nice way to spend some time if you can squeeze it in between the books. And the Peloton. And the Peloton. Have some XOXO Cody to get to. What if they did a Crazy Rich Asians-themed Peloton ride? That would be my dream come true. I would just do it over and over, honestly. I'm a little bit surprised that that hasn't happened. I don't have the bike, but my understanding is that there are a lot of theme rides. There are a lot of theme rides. They don't have as many Asians on their team. Oh, really? So they do the themes, like the themed months, like Asian Heritage Month in May, Mm. they will do some rides. They have added a few more Asians to their team, but in the past, they didn't really have very many Asians. So it was a little Mm. bit of a stretch whenever they were doing these classes. Yeah. May is coming up though. I mean... You might, and it sounds like you have some leverage with the company. So (laughs) I'm just saying it might be worth an email. I don't know. know. They might be interested. I might just need to go hang out outside their studio in New York and see if I can flag somebody down, give them some feedback. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. Wish you lots of luck. Let me know if you do that. I'll meet up with you after for coffee or something. Okay, great. Sounds great. (laughs) Tracy, what is the tiniest hill you're willing to die on? So something pretty inconsequential that you would really go to bat for. People need to learn the difference between Pacific Standard Time, Pacific Daylight Time, and Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Daylight Time. I love this hill. Tell us and the listeners what you mean. I just lose my shit when people use (laughs) EDT, EST incorrectly. Yep. Do you care to educate us on what the correct usage is? (laughs) Because I think that people should know this. Yes. We are currently on standard time in the U.S. So it would be EST if you're on the East Coast or PST if you're on Pacific time right now in the summer when Mm -hmm. daylight saving is on, then it's EDT and PDT. So if you're going to use that middle letter, it's S in the winter, D Mm -hmm. in the summer. If you don't know which one it is, just drop it. Don't use the wrong one. 100%. Okay. So I love this hill. This is exactly the type of hill that I can get behind. So when we spring forward, that's when it's daylight. That's when it's EDT or PDT. Okay. And then when we fall back, that's when it's standard. Standard time. Yes. Okay. And I'm assuming, I'm going to make an assumption here that one of the reasons that drives you crazy is that the whole world doesn't adhere to daylight savings time in the same way. That would is be that the part rational of it? reason. That would be the rational oh. <laughs> reason to care about it. I just really hate it when it's wrong. Oh, really? I don't know why it bothers me so much. It's like, don't include an extra detail if it's wrong. Like, I would rather you just drop the D yeah. or the S if you don't know which one it is. Don't use an incorrect level of detail. I think I'm also sensitive to anything relating to time as a software engineer, because if you've ever tried oh. to implement anything relating to date time in engineering, it is a complete 
complete nightmare and everything is mm. always broken. Time zones are always <laughs> wrong. No assumptions uh, you think you can make about time are ever correct. So it sucks. I think I may be slightly traumatized by yeah, it. It sounds time like zones. it. I mean, that's a very fact-based thing that you just said. No assumptions about time are ever correct. But it also, if you zoom out, that's like a beautifully deep, rich <laughs> statement about life. <laughs> I'm glad that you're imbuing my words with more meaning. I am. I. I'm like, I know you're talking about coding, but honestly, <laughs> like, put that on a pillow. People need to know. Throw that up on Instagram. I don't think I really could have said with certainty which was which. What I do is that I just don't include it, like you That's said. That's great. That's yeah. great. You can you can do that. Thank you. Thank God. <laughs> I'm very happy for people to do that. Okay. Just noted. Correct. I'm so glad that I did that when we were scheduling. Would you have said no if I had messed it up? I would have had a mental ding. I would have lost some points. It's okay. Not Ooh. that bad. Thank God. All right. I may. I mean, I avoided that pitfall. Let's see if I can get through the rest of the show. Do you believe in ghosts? I'm not sure. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. I did not grow up religious at all, but there are a lot of Chinese superstitions around ghosts. Oh, really? Just growing up in that sort of culture of like, there's a ghost month. And in this month, like the ghosts come over to our world and like go back and forth a lot more freely. Is there like a particular month? It's in the lunar calendar. Oh, um, I see. Okay. It will feel like it's moving around different dates if we're looking at the Western calendar, Gregorian calendar. But I remember being told like as a kid and you go to the cemetery, like there's probably ghosts hanging around. So just be oh. careful. And so I feel like I still carry that whenever I, like, I pass by a cemetery. Mm. Like, there's probably ghosts here. So it was pretty explicitly stated when you were growing up, like, ghosts are real. And here they are, in fact. Not only ghosts are real, but also they're over there. A little bit. I think it was more of this, like, we're not sure if they're real, but they might okay. be. And if they yeah. might be, we might as well try to do the things that protect us against bad ghostly outcomes. Sure. If Absolutely. they're not real, who cares? It's also fun to participate in superstitions. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. It's like if you don't know and it doesn't really impact you that much to just act as if, then you're saving yourself from a haunting, probably. Yeah. Were you ever in a situation where you felt like you were being haunted? I don't think so. No, never had never? a one on one encounter. Not yet. Me neither. But I do sometimes feel like a weird, like, ugh, like a presence. Maybe it's the wind. <laughs> Well, what it really is, is it's just my brain. If I just re don't remember ghosts exist, then I'm never scared. And then the second that I remember that ghosts might exist, I'm scared. Like if I'm alone <laughs> and it's very dark and I'm blissfully just falling asleep, that's fine. And then every once in a while, and I'm like a full adult and this still happens. Every once in a while, I'll be laying there and it'll be totally dark and I'll be alone. I'll just be like, what if I, <gasps> and I'll just like look around a little bit. But it's not for any particular reason. It's just because I remember. Yeah, I guess another thing about sort of like ghost tradition I grew up with is that I don't think of ghosts as being super scary. Like they're just yeah floating. We do a lot of like praying to the ancestors. It's like, oh yeah, oh, like, okay. their spirits are there. And if you pray to them and ask them nicely, they might help protect you. So even if there was a ghost, it could be a benevolent ghost. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> or it may just not care about you at all. Like maybe it's just wandering around. Like it has nothing to do with you. That's actually really soothing. The next <laughs> time that this feeling occurs to me, I'm going to be like, maybe they've got other stuff going yeah, on, honestly. Yeah. They have other priorities. I'm it's just okay. furniture. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Okay, I really love that. I'm going to think about that next time I get freaked out as a full adult, <laughs> full adult woman remembering ghosts exist. What is something non-work related that you're really proud of? 
The one thing I can think of is I still have some plants that are alive, which is great. You actually have so many plants that are alive. I can see them. I'm so intimidated by how many plants you have when you can clearly see the dried fig tree in my background, which perished within six days of its arrival, which I think means it was not my fault. It's not your fault. That's not your fault. Thank you. Okay. It was traumatized in transit. It really must have been. I mean, my mom thinks I need to mist it. Do you mist your plants? I don't. Oh my God. I'm so hopeless. Okay. So tell me about your lush greenery that you've got going on because is there more than what I can see? What I can see is gorgeous. Oh yes. There's quite a lot more in front of me really? on the other side. So I started getting into plants in the first lockdown, like March, 2020, yeah. mm. and it just kept accumulating more and more plants. Yes. <laughs> I have like at least 30 or 40. Holy cow. Which is a lot. Woo! It was great during lockdown when I was here all the time. Now that I've started traveling a little bit more, it's extremely stressful for my plants and they are very upset when I leave. And I don't think you can tell right now, but the plants that you can see are much less healthy than they were two months ago. They've lost like half their leaves. I've had to cut them back to remove all the dead yellow brown leaves. I had one that completely died. (gasps) Very sad. Very sad. That is sad. So you have some, there could be plant ghosts. Yes. Those ones may be haunting me because I abandoned them. Yeah. Yeah. That was my fault. (laughs) A couple things, Tracy. Number one, do you know Emily Best? She's the founder and CEO of Seed and Spark. I think I follow her on Twitter. Okay. You two should chat. Emily, also (laughs) friend of the pod. She came on a year ago. She's a comparable number of plants to you. I really love my plants. Yeah. And I think she would talk to you about them. I was blown away by how many plants she has. I was thinking of her recently because I just bought new plants for my apartment because I moved. And not all of them are dead. Only the one is dead, just so you know. (laughs) But I remembered her telling me about, I think, some kind of app she used to manage all the plants. And I wanted to ask you, how do you manage all those plants? Do you have an app or a doc or a spreadsheet? No, I just go around and poke my finger in the soil all the time to see if it's wet or not. I spend so much time staring at my plants. I have like some sense for when they're unhappy and when they're doing okay. Okay. This is so earthy. This is like woman of the garden. I just feel it. I commune with the plants. I'm over here like, is there an app? Could I get an app, please? (laughs) I need some assistance. I need a push notification. So I think the tricky part of using the apps is like, they're not very well calibrated. So I was originally looking for apps when I first bought Mm, my plants in like March, 2020. And they would be like, water every week or every two weeks, or maybe not. Use your judgment. I was like, this is not helpful. That is, (laughs) wow. Okay. I'm nervous because I bought six little plants and two large ones. And one of the large ones, as as you can see, is unfortunately on its way out. It's leaving this plane, the plane of the living, unfortunately, <laughs> half in, half out at present. It's leafing, if you will. And the six little ones, though, they're still with us. And I'm nervous because I, too, travel a lot. I'm nervous about what's going to happen when I leave and come back. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little scared for my plants for my next trip. Have you ever used, don't they have like watering bulbs? I actually used one last time and it ran out of water in the first week and I was gone for seven weeks. So that, that was, that uh, was completely oh my, my fault yeah. for abandoning them. Cause I feel like I remember an as seen on TV, like a beautiful glass bulb you stick in the it plant. It doesn't last very long. Like it lasts you as long as you could leave it. Oh God. Without water. I got to figure something out though. I mean, I literally said to myself, I cannot take on one more responsibility. And then the next day I bought eight plants. I bought all these plants on the same day from the internet. I 
I'm very sympathetic to this. I went grocery shopping Thank this you. morning and almost bought another plant, even though I know I'm leaving <laughs> in like two weeks and they're all going to die. Is that one of your typical impulse purchases? Plants? It is. Yeah. It's hard to resist. And the thing is like, once you've had a few plants for a while, you want to like upgrade to the cooler, fancier yes. ones. It's yes. kind of like you start with like the really basic, boring Pokemon and then you want to get the more exotic yes. ones. And so I keep wanting to upgrade to like more fancy ones, but those are the ones that do not do well when I leave them for weeks at a time. If there was maybe a world where either you were home enough to pay it perfect attention or you had a full-time dedicated plant manager, what is the fanciest plant you would want in your house? There are some crazy Monstera (gasps) varieties that have like the half white leaves. Oh my or God. Like really cool patterns. Like they sell for tens of thousands, if not more. No. Yeah. Dollars? Yes. USD? Uh, We're talking yes. USD? Yes. Tens yes. of thousands of dollars? Yes. Yes. Tracy, what? <laughs> it's insane. No. You must be very confident in your ability to keep oh these plants alive if you will spend that much money. You have to be so confident. I can't even picture that amount of confidence. Yeah, that's a lot of confidence. It's like, oh, looking at my plants right now, I, I would not, I would not spring for that. No, looking at the soon-to-be potpourri in my background, I'm pretty confident I shouldn't be dropping 10 grand on a plant. Yes. But they're very wow. pretty. Oh, follow, I bet they're gorgeous. You can follow all these accounts on Instagram. I have an entire Instagram account just for my plants. And that Wait, account really? only follows other plants. That's amazing. Would you say it or can you tell it to me after? Yeah, it's not particularly interesting. So my handle on most like online accounts is Trichotora. Yeah. My plant account is Trichoflora. Oh my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. It doesn't I have really a lot of followers, it. but once in a while, actually this morning I was taking glamour shots of my plants again. My ZZ plant has some new leaves and they look very oh, pretty and dramatic. So I Ooh. took a photo and posted it on my Trichoflora Instagram. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm going to follow that because I need inspiration to keep my plants alive and maybe seeing your thriving garden, indoor garden will, will <laughs> help encourage me. I have a ZZ plant. It's new though. So it's only like four inches tall. It's a baby. It seems pretty hardy. I mean, this one also survived my seven weeks of negligence and somehow <laughs> putting out new leaves. It's okay. There we go. Speaking of which, your username, you said, uh, did you say Trichotora or Trichotora? Trichotora. It's completely made up. What is that? The origin of it is... I think back in middle school, my dad got me a pen from the Hong Kong airport, some like okay. business trip. And I guess it was like, you know, buy some gifts on the way home. Yep. And there were little triceratops on top. So I think it was meant to say triceratops, but okay. if you remember, this was kind of all the rage a while back, English was like when people completely misspell English words. Oh yeah. So I think Trichotora is the like English for triceratops, which doesn't really mean anything to me, but I thought that Trichotora was cute and I needed an AOL screen name. Yes. So that was what I used for AOL Instant Messenger and it has stuck. And now I am Trichotora everywhere forever, I guess. Was that your first AOL screen name? I don't think it was my first. I think actually my first might've been just my real name, but then yeah. there was that fear of like, oh no, you don't want to let people online know your real right. name. So then right. I was like, oh, I can't use my real name. I must use this other made up word that nobody knows. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. I can't believe that it has stayed with you that long. Yeah. It's partly because I can't ever get my name on any. Is it a common name? Oh, well, Tracy's pretty common. Tracy Chow is actually fairly common as well. 
there were a bunch of other Tracy Chows in the Bay Area when I was growing up. There was oh, another Tracy Chow at Stanford when I was there, although she pronounced her last name Chu, which mm-hmm. is very annoying because it was spelled yes. the same, but we pronounced it differently. Oh, no. So oh, we would no. get each other's email all the time. I'm um, sure. So I do not try to use my actual name on any of these okay. platforms. It's memorable. Yeah, it's memorable, although not spellable or pronounceable. That's true. That's true. So some pros, some cons. It certainly hasn't held you back. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) My first AOL name, my mom made me, I got my first email address I got when I was eight years old because that's when we got AOL. Hers at the time, she and my dad were using their first two initials and then their last name, which my last name is Gay. And I think they similarly didn't want to use my full name because of the online security concerns. But then I remember specifically, my middle name is Mackenzie. So my first two initials are AM. I remember like so vividly her talking to, I think we even had like an IT person setting it up. Like this is how long ago it was. Her requesting that it be AM gay. And then I remember at the last minute her being like, oh, no, 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 that will be am gay at AOL.com. Yeah. So we settled for, she made it AMG8YO, which stood for Alexis McKenzie Gay, eight years old. (laughs) And that remained my email address into college. (laughs) AMG8YO. Sure. Why not? That's great. That's great. Yes. Yes, indeed. I mean, it's really their fault for naming me Alex's Gay. That was a misstep on their part. (laughs) So the fact that they had to deal with the consequences of it in that one moment when I've been dealing with it, Four decades, I feel fine about it. That's fine, parents. Okay, I have a two-part question for you. First part of this question is, who would play you in a movie about your life? And the second part is, if we're making this movie, should it be a biopic, so birth to present day, or should we focus in on a particularly riveting chapter of the Tracy Chow story? Oh, okay. So the person who would play me would be Gemma Chan from... Well, she was in Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, really? Okay. I was assuming that it would be someone from the film. (laughs) (laughs) I love Gemma. So that would be who would play me. I don't think I have any specific, particularly riveting moments of my life, but I do feel like most of my time in tech has been fairly comical. You may also appreciate this. (laughs) Great. I'm already excited. (laughs) All the different aspects of being a woman in tech. Yeah. And just generally in the tech industry are interesting. Oh, yeah. Interesting is a great word for it. Is there a particular (laughs) like series of jobs you had that we could stitch together into a narrative arc? Or is there one situation that you think would be good for a film? And also, what genre should we work with? Are we talking comedy, drama, comedy, drama, Mm. thriller, horror? I don't know. We could go in any number of directions. What appeals most to you? I know you don't watch a lot of films. I feel like it would be comedy, but a sort of like painful comedy. Sure. A little dark comedy, a little dramedy. Dramedy is my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Yes. If I were to answer this question, it would be dramedy. Yeah. So I think on the work side, basically all the work experiences, jobs in industry, lots of interesting experiences. One incident that felt like it came out of a movie was when I was interviewing a candidate to work with me in a fairly senior role. Yeah. We were working together for like a couple of weeks to like test out the working relationship. And then he's somebody who talks a lot about how he cares about diversity and inclusion, does a lot of writing. Sure. Twittering on the topic. He accidentally emailed me his diary full of sexist (gasps) thoughts about me. (gasps) It was very much like a movie where you suddenly get access to these people's thoughts. Oh my God. 
and you realize, oh my God, they're not very flattering. Yeah. That happened in real life. It did. I was very impressed that he did this. <laughs> I am floored. If I were to write that into something, the feedback I would get would be Alexis. That wouldn't actually happen. It's a little ridiculous. Yeah. I, so I've shared this a couple of times with folks and they're asking for like, tell me stories of what it's like yeah. to be a woman in tech or like, what is it oh like to be a female founder? God. And I've had fact checkers have to check it a couple of times. And then I yeah. just forwarded, forwarded them the email and they were like, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <gasps> All right. Cool. We can, okay. we can put this in the story. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 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 So that's, that's really line. bad. Okay. That should go in the movie. It <laughs> sounds like it's from a movie. Indeed. There's those moments where they're terrible, but also funny. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> a lot of those. And then there's also things like dating in Silicon Valley and dating founders. And what is that oh, like? Oh, sure. Yes. Oh, sure. What a time. I've had to define SLAs around texting response times. Like what is oh, acceptable? Oh my God. After you receive a text and what That's amount hilarious. of time must you reply by? That is truly hilarious. I had someone tell me that they did OKRs, like relationship OKRs. Did you ever explore that? I have not. I think I would veto and maybe yeah. run out of the room and yeah. never look back. <laughs> the truth is the context in which they said this to me was, I felt very offensive. She said, oh, Alexis, you would like this. We do relationship OKRs. And I I was like, oh, and then in my head, I'm like, what? Why would I like that? That is the vibe I'm giving off is somebody that wants to sit down and define relationship OKRs. Whatever works for the individual, whatever works for the couple, I'm super happy for them. But I was like, I did not know that's what I was putting out there for people. I would be a little bit upset. No yeah. Thanks. Okay, good. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think this is going to be a fun movie. Do you think that Gemma is up to the task of balancing all these nuances of the humor and the the realness and all that? I think she can do it. Yeah, I think so I too. Believe, I believe in her. Good. Okay. I believe. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Is there a song that whenever you hear it takes you back in time? Oh, yes. Okay. So when I was in high school and college, I was very obsessed with Taiwanese pop music or it's Mandarin pop music, but stuff that was popular in Taiwan. So, yeah, sure. Um, a certain period of time, I basically know all of the top hits. And like when I go to karaoke now, I still know all of those songs. Really? To the extent that like people from Taiwan who've gone with me to karaoke were like, did you grow up in Taiwan? Like, how do you literally know all of these songs? So I'm very obsessed with all of those. There were a couple from this one singer, Lee Hong Wang that I was obsessed with. Sadly, I think it was like a couple months ago, there's all this like very scandalous news that just broke about him. So now I feel bad saying that I was a big fan of his because it was not good. Oh, you um, hate to see it. Yeah. So he had this very wholesome image. He was like American born, went back to Taiwan during college and then like made a big name for himself as like this mega mm. idol in Asia. Tall, good looking, smart, whatever, yeah. like the, the sort of thing that like Asian families really like. Very sadly, a couple of months ago, his now ex wife went on Instagram and posted a whole bunch of stuff about how horrible he was and oh. he's not cool anymore. And oh, a bunch no. of like brand sponsorships have dropped him. And <gasps> now I feel like I can't listen to his music anymore. Oh. Sad. But when you do or when you hear it out, those are songs that sort of take you back. It reminds me of like being early in college and just like... Early college? Yeah. Did you have other friends in college that were into that music? Yeah. Others who are like in the Taiwanese club. Yeah. My Singaporean friends. It's like the, the Asian crew. 
Yeah. Karaoke. Yeah. It's been a little while. I want to bring that back. I think you should. I mean, that sounds so fun. (laughs) I know. Karaoke during COVID was kind of a no-no because it was like a small room without circulation. (laughs) Everyone is like singing really hard. Everyone's screaming. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, "Mm, maybe hold off a little bit, but... Is one of those songs your go-to karaoke song? Actually, with Lee Holmes stuff, it was harder to sing his stuff, so I wouldn't sing his, but... yeah. If anybody picked those songs, I'd be happy to sing poorly along with the music. (laughs) What is your go-to karaoke song? I think my go-to karaoke song is another Taiwanese singer, Jay Chow. Okay. His name is me, Jay Chow. Oh, look. (laughs) Yeah. It's not particularly interesting to people who don't know Mandarin pop music, but he has a song called Anjing or Silence, which is very moody, dramatic. He just sits there (laughs) playing the piano. It's very like monochrome, very fitting of like a moody karaoke session. I'm picturing sort of the my heart will go on vibe from Titanic. Yeah, it's kind of like a I'll let you go because I love you so much type of Oh god. Vibe. Yeah. So very yeah, very Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's amazing. My go-to songs are like Taylor Swift. <laughs> They're good too. Good too. You want to mix. You want highs and lows. You want levels. Yeah, what's tricky for me is like most of the songs I know are actually Chinese. So I need to go with people who know Chinese songs Uh or it's not very fun because then they just sit there like listen to me singing very poorly to Chinese songs that they don't know. (laughs) So I need to find more Chinese friends to go with. A lot of my Asian American friends or Chinese American friends, like they don't really know all of this music from Asia that I weirdly am very into. So I need to make some more friends who are actually from Asia and like paid attention to pop music during those years. Yes. It's a specific niche. We're threading a needle here, but I know they're out there and they're ready to go to karaoke with you, I bet. Yes. Maybe there are people that feel the same way. Probably are. They're like, I just want to go to karaoke with people that know this specific type of music from this era. Yeah. We need a new social network so I can find these people. That's a great idea, Tracy. <laughs> Every day I wake up, I think, you know, we need new social network. Because <laughs> they're all they're all going so well. Oh, yeah, because I no notes so far. Like, they're all 10 out of 10 perfect. Just think we need more. My yeah. only note is more social network. <laughs> yes. Okay, we're going to take a super quick break, and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Beth's Recruiting. Okay, real talk. We all know someone who's been complaining about their job for the last three months, but doesn't seem to be doing anything about it. And sure, maybe at times we've all been that person too. On the one hand, I get it, because even after you found an open role that feels like a fit, figuring out the right place to submit your resume can be a huge mountain to climb. But on the other hand, there are so many tools today to make that climb feel more like a pleasant, non-inclined walk, like bets. So if you, or your friend, are a high-performing professional looking for your next opportunity, it's time to become a Bets Connect community member. Apply to join Bets' exclusive network, and if you're accepted, tech startups will reach out to you. You decide who to talk to. You decide your path. So next time your disgruntled friend starts a conversation with, you're not going to believe what happened on Slack today. Maybe find a way to bring up Bets. Or hey, maybe send in this episode of Non-Technical, huh? Ah, subtlety. Apply now for your exclusive lifetime membership at betsrecruiting.com slash non-technical. And we're back with Tracy Chow, the founder and CEO of Block Party. Tracy Chow, we've arrived at a very exciting moment of this episode of Non-Technical. Do you think you're ready? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Just to go back, we started with I guess so. 
And now we're at maybe. Is that more or less ready than when we started? (laughs) Marginally more ready. Marginally more. Okay, we'll take it. It's because I told you that I'd never say EDT, isn't it? It's because (laughs) I gained your trust. (laughs) Okay, we've arrived at the lightning round. First question for you, coffee or tea? Coffee. How do you take it? Either black or flat white. Oh, I love a flat white. Good pick. Bold pick. So typically hot coffee or do you also like iced? I like cold brew too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Big range in coffee. Like karaoke. Levels, layers, <laughs> range. <laughs> do you have a favorite board game? I do not. Okay. If I have to pick one. Yes, you do. I got one board game at the beginning of the pandemic, which was pandemic and <gasps> reasonably fun to play. Oh my God. You bought that during the pandemic? Yeah, I was like, well, it's like, it's getting theme. We're in lockdown. Might as well. I would have had a panic attack playing that during the <laughs> pandemic. When you make the bed, do you use a top sheet or no top sheet? No top sheet. Have you always not used a top sheet? It's not a thing in my family or in Asia. I'm not really sure. This is a very foreign concept to me, this idea of a top sheet. You know the sheet that I mean though, right? Like the flat sheet that goes... Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'm like top sheet till I die. And since I started this podcast and my mom has listened to a few episodes, she's been like, people don't use a top sheet. Like this was her learning that people don't use a top (laughs) sheet. (laughs) Yes. Ah, the vast and different array of human experiences. You know, we love to see it. Okay. Do you have a pump up song, something you go to, to get really stoked on whatever you're about to do? I don't, but this is a great question. And now I think I should go pick one. I think you should too. Maybe something from the crazy rich Asian soundtrack. Cause you're going to go listen to that anyway. Yes. Okay. Email me if you come up with one, because I'm always on the lookout. My final question for you, Tracy, which is sad that we're already on our final question. The time has flown by. What would you title your memoir? So this is something that I heard someone describe me as Mm. at a conference a few years ago. The woman who talks about women things. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Hold on. Are you saying that somebody like brought you up to speak by saying that, or that was just a passing comment? I think it was some people in the audience and like somebody was like asking her friend, like, do you know who this person is? Uh, And they were like, oh, it's the woman who talks about women things. Wow. The woman who talks about women things. Tracy, thank you for carrying (laughs) that mantle just on behalf of women, just talking about women things. Oh, you're so welcome. I just just love talking about women things all the time. Yes, of course. So different from man things, of course. Couldn't possibly even be in the same, not even a similar category. No, not at all. (laughs) One time someone introduced me at a conference as this lady (laughs) (laughs) and then said my name wrong. So that was cool. He was like, this lady, uh, Alexis Gray. (laughs) I was like, dope. It's going to go so well. Tracy, thank you so much for joining me on Non-Technical. Thanks for having me. My gosh, what a treat. Where can people find more about you online? I am on Twitter all the time at Trickatora. And I guess you can find me on Instagram at Trickaflora. I'm not very active there, but if you want to see my plants, they're there. (laughs) I definitely do. And that's Trickatora, T-R-I-K-E-T-O-R-A. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Hell yes. Okay. Amazing. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter and Instagram or at non-technicalpod on Twitter. One more time, Tracy. Thank you so much. This was so fun. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh boy. I have a review to read. This is from Deem324. Deem324 says, love it. 
five stars. Hilarious. <laughs> That's the whole review. Thank you, Deem324. Sometimes short and sweet and to the point is the best that you can ever ask for. And if you want to hear me read your review on the next episode, go ahead and head on over to Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling fancy, give me a little tech lingo, a little corpse speak, maybe five stars. I don't know. You tell me. And maybe you'll hear it on the pod. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye.